You're listening to the Missionary Perspective Podcast with veteran missionaries Eric Johnson and Joshua Mead. We're glad you could join us. We trust this podcast will be both a blessing and a challenge as we relate topics in world evangelism from a missionary perspective. Now, here's Josh and Eric. Eric, it is good to see you again on this second episode. I think it's officially episode 36, but we are in season wow. two. Season two, episode season two, two. Wow. and we are, uh, we're excited to get this thing rolling again. I've got an interview later this afternoon with the executive director of Mission uh, Medical Mission Outreach. I'm excited about that interview. Excellent. We're going to post that soon and uh, to find out more about different ways to reach the world. There's a lot of different avenues and methods and, and tools out there. And so we're going to try to share as much of that as we can. Now, today we're talking about internship programs and interns. And Eric, I've read my Bible quite a bit. I've never seen the word intern or internship in the Bible. And yet we do that. We do internships quite a bit. Is that a biblical concept Mm -hmm. uh, Mm -hmm. or is that just something we made up because it, uh, it sounds good? That's a good question. Leave it to Josh to always bring it back to the Bible. Uh, And when I I don't see a word in the Bible, you know, the next thing I do is I go to the Internet. And so uh, this morning I went to the Internet to look up what what does it mean to be an intern? I think we have in our minds maybe these guys going to get coffee and making copies in an office setting. But uh, here are just a few ideas. And I I think these ideas are kind of what we think of when we think of internship programs. Uh, One meaning said, It's the position, meaning interns, it's the position of a student or trainee who works in an organization, sometimes without pay, in order to gain work experience or satisfy requirements for a qualification. So you do see that from time to time when someone's wanting to enter into a job level or a job profession, they'll start as an intern uh, to just learn the ropes, basic parts of a company. Uh, Another one said this, I said an internship is uh, a professional learning experience that offers meaningful, practical work related to the student's field of study or career interest. Uh, An internship gives students um, the opportunity for career exploration and development and to learn new skills. Ideally, interns spend their time working on relevant projects, learning about the field of industry, uh, making connections and developing both hard and soft skills. And I think those kind of cover the general idea. I think everyone understands that an intern is someone who comes alongside. Maybe in the past, in other generations, we would have called it an apprentice of of sorts. But I even think of an internship more in the sense of you have an interest. You're not sure exactly if you're going to be in this profession or this field, but you want to take it to the next step and find out more uh, about this profession or field. And do some of the basic entry-level tasks, but also kind of take a step back and see what is this all about? And so I think we understand when we talk about internships, that's kind of what we're talking about. Is that kind of how you've seen it in the past? It is certainly, uh, you know, it's like you said, it's kind of an entry-level kind of learn the ropes of how things function and work and get an experience. And we're specifically talking about, you know, mission internships and working yeah. going overseas we we've had experience we've we've hosted a lot of young people and we've had anywhere from a couple guys who came that you know they they were up front at least you know and we we had them come anyways we just weren't as intensive with the internship but mm-hmm. they came just because they wanted the experience and i don't mind that as long as it uh, doesn't interfere with 
you know, a lot of what we have going on and if, if they're going to lend a hand and everything, but I think a, a true internship, um, really a, a good biblical internship is going to have a lot more intentionality in its discipleship and mentoring by the mm-hmm. one hosting the intern more so than you would see in, you know, the secular world where you're, you're involved in an internship doing, you know, entry level jobs. I think sometimes with our Western mindset, we get so caught up in the structure and the programs of ministry, which are all important that when we host an intern, we view it as, okay, I'm going to train them in the structure and in the program of ministry. But when it comes to missions, it's got to be much more deeper than that. And uh, we we do take an approach with our internship program that we do on having a much more reality-based uh, discipleship method of hosting interns, where we're not just having them be a part of a ministry per se, and just learning the ropes of that, but learning about what it is to live life on the foreign field. And uh, now you, you've had experience Mm -hmm. doing different internships, you know, in the secular world. And then did you do any internships as well uh, before you went into full-time ministry and kind of, can you compare and contrast those two? Right. So before we get in kind of Josh's program, which I believe he has a wonderful program that he's thought out and uh, now implemented. um, It's interesting. Josh brings up the intentionality of discipleship, because as I'm actually looking over my notes, I didn't necessarily notice this till now. But uh, in my experiences of being an intern, I was blessed to, in all three instances, have really mentors. Uh, These were Christian men. Uh, the two first jobs I uh, interns I interned at were secular jobs, and uh, the first one was actually what I wanted to be, kind of the dream of my life. I wanted to be a major league baseball commentator. Okay, and so uh, I started interning as like a statistician for a, a friend of mine who was a Christian man who did the local uh, high school and little league broadcasts in the area, and I would go around and do his stats and give him you know numbers, and then eventually he said, hey. This one guy canceled. You want to come on the air with me? I was like, yeah, I do. You know, I was nervous, but, but like, that's what I want to do. And so for a summer, I went around and we did literally all-star games. And uh, I tell you, one of the things I found out was, first of all, he was a very good mentor. And he loved, he had a passion for being a baseball commentator. And I realized as I was getting $35 a game, and that took your whole day up, that wasn't very much pay, even in, in the late 90s. <laughs> and I was realizing this really takes kind of a calling, not, not a spiritual calling, but you have to have a passion to do this. And as much as I love baseball, I didn't really want to drive around the country getting $35 a game with the, with the hope that one day I'd get another shot, another shot. And then probably just a few months later, I had an opportunity to intern with a documentarian as his assistant. And I worked in, the, in his films. I, I worked as, uh, you know, producing creativity. We would do filming, editing. I even I even acted a little bit. Now, it was a lot of times just being in a shot or something. But, you know, yeah. I learned the ins and outs from this gentleman who's a Christian man who really taught me uh, what his whole life was about in, in film. And, and I thought that was something very interesting. But I also learned with that. It took a special calling, a lot of hard work. You really had to work years and years and years before you had any kind of uh, profit, let alone fame or notoriety. And I realized I don't think I just had that commitment to that. 
few years later, fast forward, the Lord has worked on my heart about missions, and I have the opportunity to come down here to the Dominican Republic. And once again, I have a, a gentleman who is uh, willing to mentor me, show me uh, the ropes. And really, I, I spent the entire summer, 84 days here, was allowed to stay with a family uh, here, learn exactly what mission life would be, go see other ministries. And I was included in every aspect of the ministry, even in creating summer programs and implementation of ideas. And there's not one single investment in my life that was more important than that summer into me becoming a missionary here. Uh, as I mentioned, I already had experience being an intern. I knew what those things were like. And I knew that if you spent time around people, you would find out very quickly if, you know, what, what it took, the passion, the, the hard work and uh, being on the mission field, experiencing the, the Dominican Republic, uh, being around that gentleman who discipled me, mentored me. I learned, OK, this is what it's going to require. And then when I would go back to Bible college, I, I could make a, a proper assessment. I could pray, allow the Holy Spirit to work. Um, but I, I see that as the most valuable time that I've ever invested in my life. And I'm thankful for it. And so that's kind of our kickoff time. Josh, I, I don't remember. Uh, you didn't necessarily have that experience in Senegal, but did you have any other experience like that in the ministry or internship program in your life? Yeah, so we, uh, you know, Bible colleges, ours was no different. Usually if you're a missions major or a missions minor, they require you to do a summer internship program on a mission field. Mm -hmm. And we knew we wanted to be missionaries in Senegal. So uh, we chose Senegal. I, I chose Senegal. A buddy of mine and I <clears> came <throat> out here in the summer of 2004. Uh, there was a missionary here. Uh, he's no longer a missionary, mm -hmm. but uh, he, he was born and raised here. But um, his wife and kids were back in the States. He was here for the summer. And so it was, it wasn't, it was a great experience, but it wasn't like a structured, okay, I'm, you know, the missionary hadn't mm -hmm. really planned out. I'm going to, you know, kind of do this and this and this with you. And we're going to have a whole planned out summer. Um, we learned a lot. We just got to experience kind of his summer and, and hang out with him and see the sights and sounds of Senegal. Um, and then as well, uh, after graduating, uh, I was, Julie and I got married right away and then we moved back to Michigan and I began working. I don't know. I, I guess it could, it was, could be an internship, basically just working part-time at our home church. And basically that was, uh, yeah, I taught a Sunday school class. I worked on the uh, bus and then did whatever else pastor needed me to do. But then as well, pastor, uh, was, was very gracious to give me three or four days a week where I just made phone calls and set up scheduled meetings. And by the time eight months had passed, we had a full year of meetings and our pastor said, well, I think you're ready. Wow. Go on, go on out. So we uh, went out and began raising support, but I remember, and I think I've mentioned this before on the podcast, when we were being approved at that December candidate school, you guys were there with us. Your pastor was there and my pastor was there as well. And I remember your pastor leaning over to my pastor when I stood up. Now you, you've got a little more experience uh, at that point than I, I do. Uh, I did, you know, a couple of years on me there, not, not much, but uh, your pastor leaned over to my pastor and said, now Josh seems kind of young. Does he have any practical experience? And uh, my pastor said, well, we did the best we could with them and we're going to just send them out. But I thought about that when my, when my pastor told me that, I thought, well, what, what is practical experience 
for going to a country like Senegal, West Africa. <clears throat> I can do an internship at a church in rural Michigan, but that doesn't mm -hmm. really prepare me for the reality of living in Senegal. And I even took a trip to Senegal. I was here for, mm -hmm. uh, I think it was maybe two months, uh, six weeks or eight weeks. But even that, mm -hmm. I didn't I didn't experience the reality of life here. It was more just kind of, no. you know, your my head was in the clouds and man, this is a dream. Yeah, so that mm -hmm. always stuck with me. And when we got to a place where we wanted to start hosting young people, um, we, we want to make sure that we implemented some intentionality, like I mentioned earlier, about how we were mm -hmm. going to structure an internship program. And we're still developing it as we go, but um, I've really enjoyed it so far. Uh, we enjoy hosting people. There's always great, uh, great experiences that young people can have coming. And uh, you always get different personalities you get to work with. And, uh, and so, yeah, we could talk a little bit more about that detail, some of our experiences. Yeah. Um, if there's anything else you want to add before we get into it. Sure. Well, it, I, I have kind of a funny brain and sometimes I remember things and uh, connect dots. This is interesting. So you said you went in 2004. That's correct. Yes. OK, so that was the same summer I went. Not only was it the same summer that we were being interns in different countries, but the, our mentors were brother-in-laws. That's odd. Isn't that, isn't that interesting? It's they true. were uh, yep. brother-in-laws. <laughs> <laughs> so what a small world. Yeah. Anyway, that, that has nothing to do with the notes. That just uh, popped in my mind. All right. So, um, so I would say that basically your experience and maybe um, the positivity of it, uh, you know, learning things, but maybe even one having wanted maybe a little bit more intentionality or even program structure and discipleship, would you say that's kind of what led you to maybe have more of a uh, intentional uh, internship program? Yeah, I think where it began, our desire to do kind of a strategic, intentional internship program really began with the desire to see more God call more people to this country. And the more research I did mm -hmm. in mm -hmm. trying to figure out how, how do missionaries, how do young people decide where they want to serve that from everybody that I interviewed, most people who felt called to a specific country had discussed or sat down with a missionary or somebody from that country already. And that's how God touched their heart, whether it was watching a video presentation, the missionary preached in their church, or they just came into contact with the missionary, a large influence in missionaries deciding where to go was based on somebody who was already in that country. And I got thinking about that. Well, we're in Senegal, where right now there's only one independent Baptist missionary that's here with, with Baptist Missions you know, International and uh, just not that many missionaries here. So by, by fact of there's not that many here, nobody's Senegal is not getting that much exposure. So we wanted to have a, a program that would, at the very onset, our goal was to just get exposure to Senegal, to the needs of Senegal, to the needs of Northern Africa, and just see God touch people's hearts. And maybe if we get the more people we get out here to see Senegal, they may not all become missionaries here, but some might. And uh, it's neat to see uh, out of everybody we've, we've hosted 
There's a couple raising support right now. They want to come back to Senegal to serve. Uh, Daniel and Sarah Jenkins both mm -hmm. took separate trips here to Senegal. They ended up mm -hmm. getting married and they're in Gambia, which is basically Senegal, mm -hmm. only it's English speaking and a uh, country right mm -hmm. within Senegal. And so we've hosted dozens of young people and students. And so to see that, hey, it's we've got some who are are feeling led and called to come to this area. That was kind of the original mm -hmm. intention. But then as well, yeah, we wanted to offer something that something that I didn't really get on my internship, which was a much more reality-based experience um, mm -hmm. during an internship, not just mentorship. I want to be able to mentor and disciple and pour my life. That's one aspect. I think if you're going to host young people, mm -hmm. you have to be willing to mentor and, and to pour your life into them uh, while they're there so that they can be better prepared. Um, I think that's part of why Julie and I came to this agreement and usually when we host people, they live with us. So it depends on how many we host mm -hmm. at a time. But if it's just one or two at sure. a time, then they just live with us. They eat with us. They they spend their time with us. And they're just always with us. They become a part of the family. And they see all the uh, all the good things and all the uh, not so good things of, you know, of our family. We mm -hmm. just, we want to be real. We want to be open and just say, this is the reality of the struggles of living on the mission field. And we want to be open so that you can ask questions and say, Hey, why do you do this? And, you know, not everybody is willing to be that vulnerable. Um, that's not mm -hmm. for every woman to open their home up like that to strangers mm -hmm. coming in. Mm -hmm. So you definitely, if you're a guy, you need to, and you want to do interns and have interns, you need to decide what boundaries do you want to set yeah. before you do that. So, so Julie and I have gone over boundaries and we've kind of talked about, okay, this is how we're going to do it. Um, and then we want it not only just, to disciple those who come and mentor, but also give them a reality-based uh, mission trip, not uh, internship, so that my goal really is to make it intense enough to where they kind of get a little bit of a sense of culture shock before they leave. Most missionaries don't experience culture shock until their first term. And by then you've already raised full support. You feel obligated to not be vulnerable and work through those issues because, oh man, I can't, I can't say I'm struggling because, you know, I gotta, I gotta kind of report mm -hmm. to churches and stuff. It's pressure you put on yourself, but for whatever reason, a lot of times we don't work through those issues properly because we weren't properly prepared for the culture shock and those issues we face. And the statistics I read is that, I mean, 60% of missionaries are leaving within the first few terms. Uh, either they don't make it to the field or or they they get there to the first term and a lot of them just never make it to a second term. And so we wanted to do a, a an internship where they face some of the realities of living here. I remember watching an interview on 60 Minutes. They were interviewing the King of Jordan and they showed one of their military training exercises and they were using live ammunition in the training. And uh, the mm -hmm. interviewer asked the King of Jordan, what, you know, what your, your army is very small, but, but it's a, an effective army. And he said, well, the reason is, is because we use live ammunition in our training. You can't make a mistake. You have to be alert. 
you have to be ready at all times. You have to be aware of your surroundings. And so I thought, man, that's great. We, we want to do an internship where you kind of face some of that live ammunition. You get the true experience. Um, we don't want you to feel totally dejected when you leave, but you know, the, if you do a full internship with us, we have a, a three month program, a six month program and a one year program. If you do the six month or the one year program with us, we want you at the end of that program with the experiences that you get through language training, through cultural training, through going out into the, to the marketplace and all that we have involved. I want you at the end of that to be able to say, you know what? I don't think missions is for me. <laughs> okay. Or mm -hmm. I want you to be able to say, you know what? This was tough that like, I, I, you know, I went through some things and some culture shock, but you know what? I know in my heart, this is where God's leading me despite those aspects and I'm better prepared now to raise support and get back to the field. So that's kind of where our thought process is and how we developed our internship. All right. So in just a second, we're going to maybe dive into a, a little more expansive view, maybe not real long, but expansive view of how you divide those times up. Um, I think that's exactly correct as far as when you come back from a mission internship or really any kind of internship, especially a mission inter internship, you should have that mentality as you pray to the Holy Spirit and you come back is, Lord, is this what I'm supposed to do? Or is, wow, Lord, you really revealed to me um, some, whether it be weakness or areas or just, Lord, you, you know, that that's not my passion. I don't think that's somewhere I'm going to thrive. I mean, the Lord wants us to be exactly where he's called us, uh, but he's going to call us to places where we're going to be able to thrive. And we're going to love it. And uh, I think those those times on the mission field, with, with without the pressure of having the ministry on us, so we actually have this different kind of um, exhilaration where you want it to work, I would imagine, in most cases. And so if you come back and you're like, wow, I really missed having McDonald's, and I really hated not being home for the 4th of July, and I really missed my, my, my uh, brother's uh, uh, birthday, like that's going to be really, really tough for me to miss those things. And they weren't even maybe necessarily monumental things. You, you can already start praying and Lord, you know, is this what you want me to do? Because I'm not sure I'm going to be great at this. Or when you come back, you're like, wow, you know, even though I got sick and even though uh, I got robbed and even though, uh, you know, things didn't always go well, the car was always breaking down. You know, I can see that investment we made in that person's life. And I can see the missionary uh, really making strides. And, and that's, that's how I want to use my life. And that's why, you know, it may be a summer of your life. And when you're younger, you think that's a big investment. But really, as Josh mentioned, I would guarantee that most uh, people who spent time on the mission field beforehand became missionaries, uh, probably stayed longer. I, I personally know most people who have spent any kind of time on the mission field, invested that time as an intern. Uh, they really came much better prepared to understand the culture. doesn't mean you understand everything, but it just helped you know where to start. Now, let me add this before we get going. My wife sent me a, a text, too, and she wanted to remind me that she also uh, did three different internships. She was a school teacher, and so in the summertime, right, right. she would go. She went to Mexico, Argentina, Ecuador, and she helped various ministries um, in all kinds of ways. But for her, it was really developing her language skills as well as learning the mission field. So as a wife, and we're going to talk about this in a second, Josh also includes uh, young ladies in this internship. And that is that may be almost as important or equally as important because very often the missionary uh, man, the, the, the husband, will go and he will be 
gung-ho about it. And the wife, who is very loving and submissive and, and following, has really no clue what to expect. And so I always try to encourage young men who are asking about the ministry, and maybe they have a girlfriend, someone they're interested in, fiance. You know, I'm really, after I find out about them, I say, you know, how does she feel about it? Because, you know, you have to be on the same page. And so I, I want Josh now to talk about his three different divisions, but even the fact that he, they, they allow young ladies to come and learn the mission field. And we see that, you know, th- there's been matchmaking that's even happened along the way. <laughs> yeah, certainly. You know, and you know how the dynamic of missions is women, ladies, women, they tend to be more sensitive to the needs of the world. And when they see the needs in a missions conference, they see mm-hmm. the poverty in the world. They see the need for education. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of times young ladies will be more open and sensitive to the leading of God to go mm-hmm. to a foreign mission field. Um, sometimes it's a mm-hmm. guy who he'll sense that call first and maybe his wife doesn't sense it. But like you said, she'll, she'll go mm-hmm. along with it and maybe is not mm-hmm. best prepared. And sometimes as well, I think that, just as much as a guy can have a misconception about what life on the mission field can be as well, a young lady who has who is open to missions, who wants to go to the mission field, but maybe is already constructed in her mind a, a narrative, a, a dream of what it's going to look like. And the reality is not yeah. what you think it's going to be. You know, you might get in your mind this this romantic idea that you're going to land in the middle of a jungle somewhere and all the kids are going to come out hugging you and, and so happy to see you. And <laughs> you end up going to a place like synagogue where they tell you, we don't want you here. We don't need you. You know, like get, get out of here, get <laughs> you know? So you've got to really, I, I think it's just as important for both aspects, whether a guy or a girl to really understand the reality of what you're getting into. And I'll say this for a young person going into to ministry, And I think this is whether you're called, whether you feel that God is calling you into missions or not, we're open to hosting anybody. Now, our long-term internship, the six to six months to a year, we want you to be, um, we basically want you to know or sense that, that you are going into full-time ministry but we'll host you even if you just, if you know, God wants you to be a pastor or, cause I, I think it's an invaluable experience, but I will mm-hmm. say this. I think that what we try to emphasize and what I find in scripture is that God calls you to a, what a work, what is it that, what is the work that God is calling you to do? Not so much aware the where of where God wants you to work and fulfill your calling that comes later. That's, that's not as important as what is the work that you know, God is calling you to do. Go to acts 13. What does it say? The Holy spirit said, separate me, Paul and Barnabas for the work that I've called mm-hmm. separated that I've called them to. And what work was that? Cause they never went to just one place. The work was to pioneer the gospel to cities and villages where they've never heard the gospel, to plant the gospel. And Paul, we're not going to get deep into the, the theology of it, but Paul wasn't even a church planner. Okay, he was he just planted the gospel. The church kind of was his team cultivated that. Because what did Paul say? God didn't call me to baptize. He said he called me to just preach the gospel. Mm-hmm. You don't have a church without 
baptism, right? So Paul didn't stay long enough to see a church form. He planted the gospel mm. and then he moved on. And yeah, the church formed because that's the power of the gospel. When people follow the gospel and become disciples, the church will become a natural product of that. And then it'll take form. And he had a, you know, he had a team he put together to do that. But my point is our internship is to help you figure out, okay, is God calling you to take the gospel to people who've never heard the gospel before? Or are you content <laughs> to be involved in pastoring in a country or a city where if somebody's discontent, they've got three other church options to go to. And if you're fine with that, and there's nothing mm -hmm. wrong with that. There is a need in America. Don't get me, don't misinterpret. There's a need for pastors in America. And if that's what you're sensing the work God wants you to do, but if there's a burning passion in your heart to take the gospel where there are, where people have never heard the gospel, but you might not know how to articulate mm -hmm. that. We want to try to draw that out of you while you're here on that internship. Hey, are you happy to just pastor a people who need a pastor who need Bible teaching, but maybe they grew up in this and maybe they have three or four different mm -hmm. options of a church without your church, you know? So I'm not saying it's mm -hmm. unimportant. And I hope if you're a pastor listening, you don't misunderstand that. You, we, you are, but I understand. No, but there's, there's seven, <laughs> there's seven billion, seven billion people in the world Preach. today, <laughs> seven billion people in the world today. And 90% of our English speaking preachers are in North America. Somebody's mm. not listening to the call to go and do the work of evangelism exactly. on the mission field. And I think that if we can get more exposure to the mission field through intentional internship programs, um, then it's something I think that, that uh, can help young people figure out, okay, what is exactly the work that God's calling me to do? Okay, so uh, I don't know how much time we have left, but let's, let's just delve into this briefly. But why don't you tell us again, uh, explain the three different kind of time periods you have for interns and kind of the purpose behind that and why you think these specific three time frames could be beneficial to someone uh, being an intern. Yeah, so we basically do a kind of a generic internship where it's um, it's almost like a mission trip. It's an indefinite period of time. <laughs> you can come. Usually these are done in the summertime or during uh, Christmas break, you can come anywhere from a week up to five weeks. This summer, we we hosted three interns. Uh, one was here for eight weeks, one was here for six weeks, one was here for five weeks. And so that was kind of a generic. Now we implemented some of the other program that we do. So we had them learning the language. Uh, we had them go out into the marketplace. So after they did about two weeks of language training and we do specific phrases that they learn, and then we partnered mm -hmm. them with a member of our church who speaks English. And uh, I dropped them off in the middle of the market, told them, here's five things you got to find and purchase. Here's $20. <laughs> you have to use this $20 to buy these five things, which means you got to negotiate. If you can come back with extra money, you know, you get a bonus. So uh, anyways, they went out, we had them all go together. Sometimes I'll separate them. They can do a competition, but it just allows them to go into the open market and just get that experience without the missionary there with them. You're on your own. You got to figure it out. Mm -hmm. So we did things like that. And we get a little more intensive if you do the longer extended internship. Um, the other two internships we offer, there's a six month internship. Um, that one doesn't, you don't have to raise as much money for that. Uh, but then there's a one-year internship program. It's part of the um, Sahara Initiative, which is um, with BIMI, our director, Eric Bowman, and then and we as well. 
we're really trying to get exposure to North Africa. We need missionaries in Niger. Uh, Niger, one of the missionaries that served there for 40 years, he's retired. He's He worked there 40 years and there's nobody to take over his work. So we need to get missionaries into Niger. We want to get missionaries into different parts of North Africa. And of course, we want missionaries in Senegal. And so we want to help recruit you know, families and young people to, uh, to consider these places. So with the year-long internship, uh, you're going to come, you're going to work on the language, you're going to actually apply. It's going to be an official process. You don't become a BIMI missionary, but you have to be approved mm-hmm. for the internship by our director and by one of the missionaries mm-hmm. who does that. Right now it's us. Uh, so once you're approved, you go through that evaluation process, then you start raising support. Uh, you'll spend about two months. Mm-hmm. We'll send you some materials. You'll present this to some of your churches and pastors that you know. You'll raise X amount of dollars. I think for one year, I think it's around $16,000, um, $16 to $20,000. And that covers your flight. That covers your lodging, the food, like the full mm-hmm. year. We want to keep it as cheap as possible. We try to get the price as low as possible. So you raise as much funds as you can. So you get the experience of deputation. We coach you through that. Uh, then you come and do, dive in immediately into language training. And you have the option of either doing French or if you want to come and do Wolof, uh, you can do either of those. And then from there, uh, yeah, we just, we, after a, like a month of intensive language training, Then we go into introducing you into some of the other ministries. We connect you with an individual here that you'll do discipleship with. Um, And then Malik, our lead pastor, he's actually working on a book that we're going to publish on our next furlough, which is how to evangelize Muslims in the context of West Africa. Mm -hmm. I'm really excited about publishing that. We're going to publish it in French and English. I think it'll be a blessing to our churches, Uh, but we're going to use that as a textbook for training interns who come as well. And, um, and then after about six months, mm-hmm. you're here, we, then we partner you with somebody in the church, you go out and start doing some intensive evangelism. And we'll also take trips to uh, Gambia and other, you know, we host seminars and basically you're just, you're going to live life here. We'll give you different objectives, send you out here and there to do different things. And so, yeah, there's a lot to it. And, um, mm-hmm. I have an entire pamphlet that we can send out if anybody's interested in learning more about that. We have a pamphlet we can send out, uh, that, that, you can request for that. Send me a message through messenger here on Facebook, but, um, or, or our email missionary perspective podcast at gmail.com. I can send you that information, but yeah. So there's, there's different approaches to take. Usually the one year internship program, we're looking for either a married couple, single guy, single Mm -hmm. girl who's graduated from college and they know they want to go. They want to become a missionary. Very serious. But Mm -hmm. yeah. So it's really, you've, you got to basically be on the brink of saying, Hey, I'm, I'm going to apply to become a missionary. Um, but before I do, rather than internshipping in, in the States, I'd like to do an internship abroad and get some practical experience. And we want to beat you up so much mm-hmm. that at the end of it, you know, okay, no, this is the work God's called me to do. No matter what I, what I experienced, it was crazy, but I know this is the work God's called me to do. So well, we've only got a minute left on our uh, Zoom call here, so I don't want to lose our audio. So, Eric, let's uh, do we want to wrap it up or come back on? Yeah, Josh, I just wanted to finish with this idea that internship programs are very beneficial. In fact, yesterday we met with a family. Uh, they had them at their house. They had been interns, if you will, for a couple of years, uh, just kind of finding out about the country 
and the island and being part of ministry, not in our ministry, but in a, another missionary we know. And I'm now they're back after spending that time on the mission field and going back and raising their support. And I know that everybody can do that. But if you can, really helps you understand properly with your whole family structure what to expect. And maybe it is a big step to take as you're just trying to find out. But it really does help because there are people I know who went to the mission field for a couple of years, kind of a probation period, trying to trying to figure it out. You might call it an extended internship. And after two years, they realized this wasn't for their family. And uh, so I've seen both sides. And whatever time you can invest, <clears throat> whether it's six weeks, 12 weeks, a year, a couple of years, uh, getting to know for sure if this is the Lord has called you to do, not only specifically on the mission field, but specifically and the country the Lord's led you to be uh, called to, whether it be Senegal, Dominican Republic, someplace like that. So, uh, Josh, thanks again for all your insights. Uh, if you want to contact Josh, you have an idea, an interest, uh, desire maybe to be an intern, uh, please reach out to us. And uh, we want to see more of the world exposed missions. We need more missionaries in the world. Josh explained uh, the need is great all around the world. So missionary, uh, if you're here today, be involved in whatever way you can. As Josh mentioned, you know, the family has to be on board with it, but we all should get involved in mentoring young uh, missionaries for the uh, future generation. So this is Eric Johnson and Josh Mead saying thanks for listening today. We hope you have a blessed day.